Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. Welcome back to another episode of Our Soul. I'm so glad that Kelly is back from vacation. We are back after the August 8th special election in Ohio, Mm -hmm. and we're pretty happy over here at Our Soul because I don't know if y'all heard or not, but... Ohioans roundly rejected the power grab and the special election for special interests that tried to happen on the 8th of August. 8th of August, all of the votes are still being totaled because we know the actual like final vote totals will not be official until 10 days after the election, but... The vote so far is so convincing, we already know that the no side won and won big. Mm -hmm. 57% of the vote statewide. Currently, the yes vote is struggling to even get 43% of the vote. They're like 42.99% of the vote right now, which... As my math goes, is not a broad bipartisan majority, which is what, of course, ostensibly the amendment was supposed to force um, Ohioans to only put things in the Constitution if they had broad bipartisan majorities. We all know, however, that issue one was 100% about abortion. Those direct words from Secretary of State Frank LaRose, of course, not acting in his official capacity at the time. Mm -hmm. However, we know this was a proxy fight about abortion, and the anti-abortion folks lost and lost big. Any thoughts on that, Kelly? <laughs> you know, I I think, like, I, I really wanted it to be 59.9%. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, like, barely be that, like, 60% that they um, wanted to force upon people um, when it comes to constitutional amendments. But I think, like, I, the... I will say, like, I'm really happy that this went this way. It was a dumb thing that shouldn't have happened in the first place. Um, But also at the same time, like, uh, I know that this is just like the first step towards um, what's happening in November and um, voting on actually adding abortion to the Ohio Constitution. Um, but it's been so nice to have, um, you know, um, I've talked about, I work at If When How, um, so in Repro and other spaces as well. And to have people say like, oh, I saw this stuff about Ohio and have it not be a negative thing for once is, um, you know, really great. Um, so that's, I've you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's a bittersweet victory for me because I'm like, there's still work to do and like it's not necessarily the time to rest but we got to take our wins where we have them and i'm going to definitely take this win um yeah i i had friends from outside the state call and they're like wow nine months ago you all sent jd vance to the u.s senate and now you got 57 percent no and i was like Listen, there were a lot of things going on on that J.D. Vance-Tim Ryan race, and we aren't going to recapitulate all that right now. But, like, let's all be real clear. Not every election is the same, and every election is quirky in its own way. Um, This election was definitely quirky. It was designed to be quirky, right? The gerrymandered statehouse came forward, both chambers of the same party, came forward, and they chose to have a special election in August 
right after they had outlawed special elections in August for everybody else. So, like, it's illegal in the state of Ohio currently for um, school districts to put their levies on an August special election. That is not allowed. It is not allowed for a county to put um, county questions or EMS levies or those kind of local issues on August ballots because the state legislature last year said August elections are just low turnout elections that don't actually represent anything and it's really easy to get anything passed and you're not allowed to have them. Mm -hmm. They then turned around and said, oh, except we want a really easy election where it's really easy to get 50% for what we want, so we're going to put this on in August. They also spent 13 weeks from May 10th all the way to August 8th. May 10th, they called this August election. They started on May 10th saying, you have to pass this amendment to the Constitution to make it harder to pass amendments to the Constitution uh-huh. because it's so easy to get 50%. Anything can get 50%. It's the tyranny of the majority. We heard that phrase again and again. It's mob rule. Oh, no. It's just so easy to get 50%. And then they didn't even get 43%. Now, I'm just saying that's kind of humorous for me. Mm-hmm. Um And it it would be more humorous if I didn't know how hard all of us fought Mm -hmm. in the last three months to make this result happen. Because here's the truth, folks. Like, 57% happened because fantastic grassroots organizations got out and worked hard. We worked our people. We worked our organizations. We worked community leadership. There was a coalition of over 200 organizations, many of them nonprofit organizations, many of them religious organizations that never take positions on issues that are in front of voters. Those organizations got up and said, not today, not in my Ohio, not going to happen. And we were successful as a very broad coalition to bring a no vote out. And we did that despite the other side getting to set the timetable. The other side got to set the language. They got to manipulate language and use really inappropriate descriptors in the official ballot language. The other side also implemented voter ID requirements that are the strictest voter ID requirements in the nation. This was the first election to be operated under those voter ID requirements. They limited the amount of early voting from previous elections, so we had fewer days of early voting. They limited the amount of great period that we had around curing ballots that were provisional ballots. They eliminated certain deadlines that used to be more uh, permissive for absentee ballots. All of that. They did all of that. And they still lost. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Namaste. Whatever other, you know, word in your tradition means, oh yeah, that's where we are today. Um, By the way, uh, Kelly, uh, you were on vacation during the election, so like, you got to vote by mail. You got to vote absentee. How did how did you how did you vote in the election? So not um, not like what position you you voted, but what was your? <laughs> I, mean, method? I think it's pretty obvious what, what what position I took on this election. Never want to but... ask people that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, I uh, went on vacation um, for my birthday. Uh, I was gone from July twenty eighth to August seventh. Well, I those were the days that I took off work, August seventh, and I so I was back at work. My first day back at work was August eighth, 
And so, you know, me being a planner, wanting to make sure that like my vote was going to be counted, I requested my absentee ballot at least two weeks before um, the election. And um, my husband's absentee ballot came back because uh, me me and my husband both uh, were going to vote by absentee since we were going to both be gone up until the day and we wanted to, you know, make space to not have to rush on uh, the day that we got back or the next day, you know, the first day back to work. Um, so he got his and we were able to mail his, but for some reason, um, my absentee ballot never came in. Uh, so I had to, so like, you know... Never? Like, you just didn't get it before I didn't get you left? Or you didn't get it even when get, you got back? I mean, wow. it's it's interesting to me that, like, on the absentee request um, form, it asks for contact information, but I was never contacted about my absentee mm. ballot. So um, I don't know what that means or why that happened. I was joking with people was like uh, saying, like, Maybe I was just so publicly anti-issue one um, that they just decided not to send me an absentee ballot. No, I'm joking there. Um, I would not claim that as an actual thing. What? Mostly because <laughs> mostly because folks are not that smart, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, so, <laughs> I mean, I uh, was not going to be kept from, uh, you know, having my vote be uh, counted. So I was able to... Um, luckily, as a as a part of my um, work, we can take time to uh, go vote. That's like a like a rule at my work that we can, if we need time off to go vote, we can use that. Um, so I went and voted. Luckily, uh, not that far from my house. It didn't take that long because I live in like a smaller a smaller area. Um, but you know, I came in and, um, went to cast my vote and I even mentioned to the poll worker, I was like, I requested an absentee ballot, but it never came in. And they had told me like they had requested an absentee ballot and it never came in for them either. Um, so I just think there was a lot of things going on and thinking about, especially that poll worker having to vote before election day, the lines for Columbus were like two hours long on Sunday before election day. And, um, or it might've been Monday. One of the, one of those days it was two hours long was, um, what, uh, I saw somebody posting about on Facebook, um, or Instagram, one of the social medias. <laughs> um, and, and I just think it's interesting that like, uh, I had planned actually before getting my absentee ballot, I had planned to go vote in person, on the weekend, but there were no weekend spots. And then I was going to try to vote in person on a weekday, but the times were just like very inconvenient. And again, like my work could have let me go off, but I was trying to like, if I was going to vote that early, I was like, might as well try to make it convenient. But anyway, so like you're talking about how there were all these things in place to make this easy for them. It was supposed to be an easy, uh, passing of this, um, this amendment um and they still failed <laughs> and i i just think about like how um how many friends of mine i've seen who like posted about them voting or posted about um telling people to go out to vote and you're right like this is um definitely the result of like grassroots organizers and um organizations that have been just so focused on 
not letting issue one pass. Um, and we succeeded by not letting it pass. Um, and so now, you know, all that I'm thinking about is like keeping this momentum and, and getting people to go out to vote in, in November for what is also a very important amendment. Um, this time, you know, having or voting for the amendment rather than against it, but, um, still like something that we need to get people to go out to vote for. So that was, that was my voting experience. I did go to vote. I got my little sticker. Um, it took two seconds cause it literally was just a one issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was my experience. Absolutely. And I, I find it so fascinating. So for those who, who aren't aware of our personal backgrounds and Ohio geography, right? Um, Kelly, you live in Franklin County, Ohio, right? Um, most populous county in Ohio, I believe most populous county in terms of voters. There are 1.3 million folks in um, Franklin County. I live about an hour south of Franklin County in Ross County. And Ross County has a total of 76,666 people according to last census run. I find the 666 at the end funny, so I always throw it in. <laughs> 76,666 residents in our entire county. Now, you might be thinking, okay, 76,000 versus 1.3 million, oh, probably different infrastructure, different systems. To be sure, the early vote location at Franklin County is much bigger. It's like a Votapalooza theme park, right? <laughs> However, really important caveat that the way that our gerrymandered state legislature decided to screw around with our elections in the last five to six years Early voting locations are limited to one in every county, regardless of size. Early vote depositories, that is the boxes that you can physically return a paper absentee ballot to, are limited to one in every county, regardless of size. So, I hate to be the bearer of obvious news, but you could have come pretty much any time in Ross County and got in line and been through the line in less than five minutes, if there ever was a line. I mean, there were a couple of times we heard that people had to stand in line for four or five minutes, never 15, 20, 25 minutes to vote ever in Ross County. That is the disparity that is baked into our election system. And it is just part and parcel of what folks in our government and folks in control of our government in Ohio are forcing on the rest of the state. They are stacking the deck at every turn for the people that agree with them or who are more likely to agree with them. And they are putting barriers in the way of people who they don't like. And those barriers are not just voting barriers, right? Like, we are bringing forward a reproductive health rights and justice amendment to the Constitution here in Ohio because there have been barriers put up in between people's access not only of abortion, but also of miscarriage care, of the ability to continue a pregnancy, particularly for those individuals who are incarcerated or, you know, part of, of the system of state-sanctioned violence. We have restrictions that have been put up around infertility treatments and birth control. All of those are seeking to be addressed in this amendment that's coming in November that we are supporting. Again, nonpartisan amendment. We are supporting it. 
because it eliminates those barriers that have been put in the way of individuals exercising their freedom of conscience and their freedom of reproductive concern and care. That's where we are in this state. We have to fight our government for every bit of freedom we have. And I'm I'm just reminded, like, you know, you, you let the preacher, like, think long enough. Um, <laughs> I, I'm reminded of the, the portion of uh, scripture in my tradition in the book of Matthew, where Jesus is looking at some of the religious leaders, right? And I, just to be really clear, like, there are some people who have taken really anti-Semitic readings of um, that Matthew text, Matthew 23, 24, 25, right? That section in there. I want to be clear, like the intent in that passage is never, ever, ever to blame Jewish leaders. The intent is to acknowledge that the leadership of religious traditions sometimes fall very short. And indeed the leadership of civil tradition falls very short in that passage. Because in that, that little passage, that little pericope, Jesus talks about leaders who bear burdens heavy to be borne on the backs of those who are struggling. There's this trope then in particularly social justice religious traditions like mine where we consider like what burdens are we putting on the poor? What burdens are we putting on people who are struggling to just live, right? And we look out and around in our state and the burdens that are being put on people who already have enough burdens to carry are astronomical. That's why we're moving forward in this huge coalition supporting this grassroots amendment in November. That's why we moved against the power grab in August. That's why we're building power. And, you know, for those who aren't aware, like Ohio had a pretty massive shift in August. We saw a massive shift of voting populations, particularly in poorer regions and particularly in suburban regions. The suburbs and Appalachia were two major, major groundswells of support for our position on this. I, I reference a lot this article from University of Virginia um, Center for Politics. It's um, also through um, their kind of subset, the Sabados Crystal Ball and, and the Politics Center in UVA. But UVA did this report about the election results so far in Ohio. And they've got a couple of maps in there that give you an overview of like, where did the support or opposition around issue one come from in Ohio. And what you see is that even though there is this depressed lower turnout in Appalachia, the people who turned out in Appalachia were way less favored for that amendment than what they have been in support of the people who proposed that amendment in the past, right? Um, elections are tricky because everything is in terms of relative support, right? Mm -hmm. I start going on about, oh, you know, our county, we're 14 points further toward the Democratic side, you know, I than we know, were before. I like, that means. <laughs> I know, I, I, I get really excited and like, people have to stop me and be like, you are talking the wonky BS again, like, come on, help, help us out here. So um, to, to make a, a short story as quick as possible, right? Um, my county, Ross County, Ohio, voted for Donald Trump in 2020 by about a three to one margin, right? The margin was about 25% for, you know, Joe Biden, about 75% for um, 
Donald Trump. That division, though, um, I, I think the final number was like 31% for Biden, right? Um, so if you take a look at that situation where you're you're 70-30, 75-25, it's really clear, like, all right, this is kind of Trump country, right? It's not universal because obviously, like, the city is more democratic than the county and just lots of lots of individual demographics you can look at in a county. But our county only gave 31% support to the progressive candidate in that election. Our county on election night gave more than 45% support to the no vote, right? Now, people are like, yeah, but you still lost, right? You lost the county. Here's the thing. We don't count how many counties something wins in Ohio because land doesn't vote. Let me say that again. Land does not vote. People who are getting all up in arms about, oh, but we won more counties. Well, you know, if you divide uh, the state in, um, you know, a particular way, you can make any subdivision come out a winner because subdivisions are literally arbitrary, right? Yeah. Nobody gets to renegotiate those based on population, and a 13,000-person county shouldn't count the same as a 1.3 million person county. Mm -hmm. In our county, though, we saw a shift from 2020 to now of 14 points in the direction of progressive ideas and progressive candidates. That's a huge shift. Here's the fun part. The entire state saw a shift of about 12%. It was 11.85% for the numbers gurus out there, right? That shift was most pronounced in suburban counties and in Appalachian counties. 22 of 32 Appalachian counties were above that average. That is, they moved more than 12 points toward the progressive pro-abortion rights perspective. If that holds when we come back in November, that is going to be a major sea change. Yeah. It is going to be a major political earthquake. And a lot of people are working to make that happen. And it's not very surprising, given that the people who are most directly harmed by abortion bans are getting fed up, mm -hmm. right? The people who are most directly harmed by abortion bans are coming out to vote against people who propose and perpetuate abortion bans, right? Yeah. People of color are not having this anymore. Indigenous folks are not having it. Appalachians are not having it. And now all of those groups are being joined by the the like cream of the crop, politically principled top of the pyramid in terms of swing voters. And that's the white suburban middle class woman, right? Mm. You saw Delaware County, Ohio. Yeah. Delaware County, Ohio. Where that both of us went for, to school. Doesn't vote for Democrats. Yeah. Doesn't vote for liberals. Even the people who are like progressive in that space they recognize that they have to be pragmatically engaged. That county went no, and not by a small majority either. You even saw Clark and Greene counties blew up a lot. They got much closer. Clark, I think, the preliminary count, Clark County was, was no by a single vote, right? 16,015 no, 16,014 yes. We'll see what it comes out to the end, but at the end of the day, it's night for people who think they can control folks in Ohio, right? 
it is sunset time for abortion bans and you know abortion averse politicians and that's happening because of organizations not only like ours but like every other organization in the state who has joined together with ohioans united for reproductive rights to fight for this amendment in november and to fight for our rights going forward yeah as you were uh talking i i just think about like um you know that graphic and and we'll have this in the show notes um of it's like in it has inequality equality or inequity equality and then equity and then um now there's been an extension of this graphic that includes liberation and this um is a graphic that was created by restoring radical or racial justice um and i when you talked about like how you you in ross county were able to you know come in at any time and um and be able to not have to wait in line um to vote and then in or here in columbus uh you have to wait like three hours for some people uh it it really is that like (laughs) it reminded me of the the people who are like oh i don't see color and like trying to work for equality which is like great and we love to see that um however we love (laughs) we love better to have equity or even uh justice is is what's in this graphic as well um where you know it's the it's the three people on the wall and there is equality is like the tall guy the middle guy the short guy all get the same amount of uh you know lifts so they can see over the wall to watch this baseball game um equity is everybody gets the kind of lift that they need and then justice is removing the wall (laughs) um and You know, I think that there are a lot of walls up in Ohio. And um, when it comes to voting, we have this this kind of equality mindset where like, oh, it's one for everyone. But like that just doesn't make sense. And and um, having like even doesn't make sense for actual equity or to actually care for people. And so I think another it is it is. given the fact that we have to like go over these walls to be able to you know have wins here in Ohio the fact that like you know you you mentioned that oh a <laughs> both houses both ruled by republicans came together to put forward this constitutional amendment um it's just like there are so many barriers that those who have held power in Ohio are afraid to let people tear down and we're pissed about it and we're you know climbing over the walls and demanding that we at least get some semblance of equity some just like i'm almost like crying at this because i'm just like it is ridiculous how many barriers people who as we've talked about before are they know they're in the minority (laughs) that's the whole point that this thing uh brought up is that they're in the minority and they know it and so they want to protect themselves against it but um there are just so many barriers and again i often think about how uh if if everybody just had therapy how how much better could our government be especially here in ohio like when i hear this when i heard about this like constitutional amendment to try to limit the abilities of the majority 
uh, how insecure do you have to be <laughs> to affect an entire state because you're afraid of your party's power being taken away? How insecure do you have to be to keep people from, you know, having the things that they need as citizens of the state, you know? Um, and I just think, like, it's going to continue to be um, a battle. Um, but I think the, uh, at least for me, the deep-seated rage at the state for being so insecure and holding it against Ohioans that just want to, like, live I didn't choose to live here. I was just born here and I decided to stay. Um, and I think a lot of Ohioans are like that. Or maybe they did choose to live here. Um, but, uh, you know, the state is supposed to serve us. And the fact that they are so insecure and so dead set on limiting the power of the people who live here, it's just insane to me. And I think, um, and I hope that uh, we continue to, like, you know, show that uh, we are not ones to be messed with. And I think the the rage has gotten so much that we won't let them, uh, you know, take that power away from us anymore. Yeah. Well, uh, that is all the time we have for this episode. Uh, so we will be back in a couple weeks um, and talk more about how we're moving forward. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Soul. If you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion, abortion access, and all things Repro, you can find all our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For more content, training, and other information, check us out at faithchoiceohio.org.